I'm E. I'm Ram. Welcome to the next movement. There is no guest tonight, it's just us. I feel like it's been a long, long time since that happened. Yeah. We've not gotten to discuss an album on our own. Um, we've had... Schedule's been pretty busy with people trying to come on the show, which is always a great thing. Yeah, but it means we have to meet other people's needs instead of... Yeah. Talking about what we want to talk about. True. So hopefully people will still listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're pretty entertaining and I think we have a lot of good stuff to say. So if you're following, keep following. We'll have more guests on soon. But in the meantime, you're stuck with us. You make that sound like such a negative thing. I mean, it's not. This is how it started. Yeah, you're right. The roots. I'm just in a bad mood. <laughs> Tonight's album is your pick. Yes. So do you want to do a little intro? Drum roll, please. That was terrible. But. Nah, yeah, it's okay. I was mostly joking. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about When Disaster Strikes, which is actually a fitting title for our week so far. So. Yeah, I would agree with that. Dope album. Why'd you pick it? Uh, a couple of reasons. Um, it's my favorite Buster Rhymes album. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to talk about when it comes to Buster Rhymes. Uh, especially not just this album, but this year, 1997. Mm-hmm. You know, When Disaster Strikes was like a huge commercial success. Yeah. But I feel like Buster gets overlooked a lot. Underrated. Underrated. Yeah, I don't know if underrated is the word. I mean, I feel like people know who he is. People like, he's a household name. Right. Underrated in that. He's not talked about enough. So may, I guess maybe underrated is not the right word, but he's not talked about enough, I think. I think he's talked about in the wrong way. Right. So I guess, like, depending, like, so I mean sort of when I say that is, so you think about the company he's kept over the years and how he got his start and, you know, the posses that he was with. I I think in that regard he's not talked about enough. Yeah, I don't think he's really given, like, his due respect right right so i I guess that's a better way to say it i think that he is often just sort of like framed as a kind of like a goof like Mm -hmm. just an off the wall like right clown kind of not taken seriously yeah a jester he's been referred to the jester of hip-hop right yeah which that to me feels extremely disrespectful I, i i agree I think he's such a talented MC, so creative, so unique. Yeah, I mean, he's not like super lyrical, but he's also, he's no slouch. No, really hardworking too, extremely. Yeah, I mean, I I went back and looked at some old uh, videos Mm, to mm -hmm. prep for this and I just felt so tired. (laughs) I was like, how does this, how did this man like, find the energy to just go so hard all the time so high energy yeah constantly and he said that he's 
that's his vibe because he's has so much passion for what he does and so he wants everyone else to feel that which i like yeah and i mean it comes through yeah oh definitely and he like clearly brings that you know he brings that energy brings that vibe to everything that he does yeah have Um, you seen him live i haven't seen him live no i saw him years ago when i was a freshman in college he performed at all places bucknell which is a private hoity-toity college in central pa lewisburg yeah yeah um so he was there so me and my roommates went i think it was like 20 bucks or something like that odd venue but yeah i mean you talk about fucking energy on stage it was incredible and i mean it was a small space i forget i don't even know where it was i don't know if it was in like their auditorium I, i forget at this point but it was amazing yeah it just seems like he's always operating at 11 yeah or he was i mean i'm not sure he's he's not like that anymore but right um but yeah so much energy so like in your face uh just like throwing words at you Mm -hmm. and i think that energy is like what has made him unique but it's also i think what gets really misinterpreted Mm -hmm. if it actually feels very similar to me to uh to to odb yes so i i yes i think that too I think he he gave off similar energy, and because of that, people didn't always take him seriously. Yeah. So when disaster strikes, for me, it's a really good example of a creative artist who is trying to stay true to himself in some way, true to his art, his approach, but also like pushing into the mainstream, and it just like it just for me like straddles both sides mm-hmm. really well. Yeah. It's a record that like breaks some barriers and is is sort of progressive in some ways, but also like somehow not too far from the streets. Right. Right. He has a leg in both worlds. And he I hate this word, but he definitely with that album he was definitely able to cross over. Mm-hmm. Um in a major way. Yeah. Major, major way. He really got people's attention when this album came out. I think if I remember correctly, it reached like number three. Yeah. On the Billboard, like top two hundred. Yeah. So you know, people, everybody was listening. I mean, I know that was the case for for me when I mm-hmm. when I was coming up. Everybody was listening. Everybody would hear. Put your hands where my eyes could see on the radio and turn that shit up as loud as it would go. Still bumps. Everybody was talking about the video. Yeah, let's talk about his videos because that's what I think about when I think about Busta Rhymes, like. Him and Hype Williams just had this beautiful marriage. And I I remember watching those videos when MTV still played videos and BET still played videos and just being like in awe. It wasn't just a music video. It was an experience. Just completely different than everything else. Right. It was. And that's how I felt when I also watched um, who is somebody who's very similar to him, Missy Elliott. Yes. Like it, it was a whole experience. Like you were invested from start to finish they always struck me as like incredibly artistic yes yeah mm-hmm. like it was clear somebody thought a lot about this mm-hmm. and th- somebody like planned and put mm-hmm. a lot of work into it yeah and it made it and just made it different mm-hmm. and i think pushed at least that part like that aspect of hip-hop to a new place yeah there were almost like mini movies with these themes and 
And, you know, it wasn't just a video with, you know, that captured them singing the song and just like hanging out with the crew. It was, it was, they were acting. Right. They were yeah. playing like characters. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not just Buster like performing the song. He's, right. There's like a story to it. Right. Mm-hmm. And a story that's not, not only like told in a unique way, but like filmed in a unique, like that fisheye lens yeah. was just so perfect mm-hmm. for Buster. Yeah. He's throwing his limbs at you. His dreads are going everywhere. Mm-hmm. It felt to me like the closest thing to like a 3D mm-hmm. experience that you could get. Yeah. I mean, and this was, you know, back in the mid late 90s, you know, like there wasn't all the technology that there is now. So to be able to capture people's attention in that way, like you had to be really creative. And he was. He is. Yeah. And everything about it, like the way they would like, time-lapse mm-hmm. movements and like yeah. the choreographed dances time-lapse too that just feels so hip-hop to me yeah you know chopping and screwing things up yeah no no one else was really doing any of that that was groundbreaking yeah and you're right about missy ellie like th- those videos you know put your hands where my eyes can see and dangerous in my mind they feel so like it's hard for me to separate them from missy's videos at that time yeah they feel so similar yeah Hype Williams did his thing. Mm-hmm. I just feel he worked well with both of them. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, he's Hype Williams has done a lot of videos, but I always feel when it was a Missy or Busta joint, it was something else. It was it was just, like, that much more special. I think just, you know, it was probably just a reflection of their, their creative minds. Yeah. It certainly made me appreciate his music more. I'm a very visual person, so I it, it really like helped me connect with with his music. It's it feels weird to say this because his music is so like energetic and yeah and and alive to begin with, but it did yeah it did like make it come alive mm-hmm. in a new in a new way yeah like expanded it somehow. Even I mean even if you think about Wuha, like how like hype that video made you watching it. It was just like, who is this person? Yeah, but at the same time, so at the same time, I think the videos might also be one of the reasons why he doesn't get the kind of like respect, right, right, that I think he he sh- should that he deserves because the videos are kind of silly, they're kind of goofy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, you know, bright colors and weird costumes and. I mean, I'm thinking about the. The video he did with ODB, the remix for Uha, and mm-hmm. that video was just like fucking bananas. <laughs> like they're in they're in an insane asylum with straitjackets and they're just they're acting fucking crazy. Which is perfect. Yeah. But I can see why somebody would see that and be like, Oh, like Busta's just this like funny dude. And that's yeah. all they saw. Yeah, it's like he gets put in a category sort of like by himself, which is appropriate somehow, but also not. I feel like that started with, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like that started with those videos. Like people people place him in that category because before that, when he was in Leaders of the New, New School and he was in Native Tongues, like I don't think he gave gave off that like goofy persona. And maybe maybe people did think that back then. I, I don't know. When I went look go look back and look at Busta during those years, I don't I don't see it as much. I don't see how people could see that as much. 
The goofiness probably not. Right. But again, I think there's just something about like his energy that like constantly moving the voice, the yelling. Right. That I think some people just sort of dismiss as like gimmicky somehow. Yeah, I can see that. Because he was doing sort of those like I don't want to say like screaming, but you know, like the the sound effects whenever he was rhyming in Leaders of the New School. Because him and Charlie Brown used to compete and do and both do it, mm-hmm. which is why they didn't get along. <laughs> which <laughs> I read that they were they before they had events they would physically fight, yeah, and then have to go on stage bloody, yeah. It's cr- it was crazy. <laughs> Clearly not sustainable. Yeah. Did you see the clip from Yo MTV Raps when no, they, they sort of kind of broke up? Basically broke up on the air. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Brown was just like, I'm just focusing on myself. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like. <laughs> Uh, what? <laughs> it made me uncomfortable. Pretty awkward. Yeah, it made me really uncomfortable. Yeah. But also seems destined to happen. Uh, yeah. Creative differences always get in the way. It's either that or money. But he's also just someone that, like, you doesn't, he shouldn't be in a group. Yeah, I agree. Can't be in a group. And so he wasn't in a group, you know? What about flip mode? It's kind of sort of loosely a group. More like a conglomerate. Well, yeah. You know, this is a crew, you know. I mean, I just remember, I remember hearing Scenario and knowing nothing, honestly, like nothing at the time about leaders of the new school mm-hmm. and just being like, this dude is in a group with these other guys? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. That changed shit for him. Yeah, because I think it probably seemed clear, like, he should, he should really, we should be hearing from him more. Yeah. And people wanted that afterwards, mm-hmm. which also created conf- conflict in um, Leaders of the New School because people were calling him for features and no one else. That is one reason why. is an indicator to me, the features. Like, he, he's all over the place. Yeah. Working with everybody. That's an indication to me that, like, within the, within the community, I think he, he's probably more respected than he is publicly. mm like I've heard, I've heard Tip talk, Q Tip talk about trying to set him up in scenario. Yeah. Like knowing, like this dude is gonna be big. He's gonna be huge. Right. Not just because of his personality or his energy, but because he's talented. Yeah, because he can rhyme, because he can flow. Yeah. And so I think because I, I look back at like all the features that he had, have to believe people were putting him on because they knew that. Yeah. I mean, one one he can turn anything up. Mm-hmm. And who he can spit. He's he's definitely an MC that continues to be relevant. Like he has, if you look at things like from a like a like a general like public sort of standpoint, like he's somebody that's still talked about mm-hmm. in houses across the world because he can he continues to be in features. He's not afraid to work with the next generation. Right. He has yeah. often. Right. So he just, I don't know. I, I think I think that it can go one way or another when you come from, you know, sort of like the roots of hip hop. Because, I mean, he was, he's been doing this for a long fucking time. And there are people, there are peers that he was with back then that aren't talked about nope. as much. Right. That, that, that aren't, you know, being mentioned or collaborating with other people. Yeah, I mean, I think it just speaks to his, to his legacy. Yeah, and I think it speaks I his willingness to work with people that not aren't necessarily from the same era that he was from. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be a hindrance for people 
in his same generation. Yeah, I've heard him talk about his like desire to help put people on. Right. You know, I think which is part of his willingness to work with new artists. Mm-hmm. He enjoys mentoring other people. And he, I mean, I think his worth ethic is pretty yeah. phenomenal. Universal. He just loves what he does. Flip. Oh. 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 thinking about your question about flip mode and the the truth is like i didn't really there was no one else i cared to listen to it like i would listen to them and i'd listen to rampage every once in a while right rod digger might be the exception i was gonna say but everyone else i would just wait i'm waiting for the i'm waiting for the bust verse right a lot of unique voices in flip mode though mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of unique people a lot of unique sounds that dude, Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever heard anybody rhyme like that guy. Mm-hmm. Maintain, maintain, <laughs> maintain. What the, where did that come from? How about Spliff, the the greatest hype man on the planet? Next yeah, to Flavor Flav. You got to give it up for Spliff. He owned that too. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's, he he said, you know what? If I'm gonna be the hype man, I'm gonna be the best fucking hype man there is. He took it. Know your role. Got to respect that. Yeah. But th- but everyone else, like, eh. Yeah. I, and I don't know that that's like, I'm not intending to, to trash anyone. I just think if you are going to put people next to Buster Rhymes, I'm probably going to choose Buster Rhymes. <laughs> right. Most of the time. Right. I mean, that's who's going to hold my interest. Because his whole, his whole, like, thing is about that. His voice. That energy. His volume the way he moves his body, you have to pay attention to him. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to. Yeah. I got to say, so when did they come out? I don't remember at this point. But when he came out with the, the Touch It remixes, do you remember those? Nope. Touch that's, it, why I had this blank, it. <laughs> that's why I had this blank look on my face. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so the song Touch It, like he had, it was like a, it was like a posse cut, but then he did all these remixes and every time it featured different people. And so the format was like, somebody would go 
it was almost like a cipher, like a, a a more rehearsed cipher, and like somebody would go and it would like kind of start off like you know blah 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 blah, blah. and then Buster Rhymes Buster Rhymes would go turn it up and then they would get fucking crazy. So I, I remember the one with DMX. It was so good okay. because as if you can imagine, I mean you know DMX. So like DMX is rhyming and then Busta screams turn it up yeah. and then it's it's kicking it up a notch. Oh, I fucking love them. I'm gonna have to go listen to it. I love them. I don't remember this. There was at all. a couple of remixes. I think there was, I think there was three or maybe four. Cause I, I can, in my head, I can hear him say remix part three, but yeah, Missy was on one, Raw Digga, DMX, Papoose. Um, so I just looked it up. Lloyd Banks. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You got them all though. You, you got all the rest of them. Wow. There's like six different remixes here. So, okay. I said three or four, but yeah, I knew there was a bunch, but they, I used to always fucking rock out to them. So each remix featured one of those artists that you're talking, that, that we listed? Like not necessarily one. Yeah. One each. Like there was a remix with Missy and a, then another remix with DMX, then another remix with Lloyd Max. There was, there was only one, there was only one guest spot on each song. Is that what you were saying? No, I was saying there was like multiple people on like there was multiple remixes and there was multiple people on each track every single time. Okay, got it. Yeah. All right. Like it was different people every single time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go back. I'm gonna have to go back and listen. I remember legally so what, downloading. So what? Him. What? Where was he at in his career? Like what? Ooh, I was in college, I think, or out, or soon out of college. Ah, oh, God, I'm so bad at with this. Was this like? Uh, was the album he did with Dre? Big Bang. Was that on Aftermath? Oh, God, man. I don't... I have no idea. I think it was. This is the other thing about Buster Rhymes is that we're we know, like we're still talking about Buster Rhymes, and he hasn't made an album in, like, 10 years? Mm-hmm. Maybe longer? 2009. Back on my BS. That's crazy. Yeah. It's been a minute. So let's walk through, if we, if we can, let's walk through Disaster Strikes. Okay. Because for some reason I find I find the production really interesting on this record. So like the first three, four songs are kind of like coming era sounding DJ right. Scratch produced. Yeah. He's always got, uh, I mean, one thing we know is that Busta always had a, a Dilla track, at least one Dilla produced track. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on this one, it's so hardcore. Mm-hmm. Buster himself is credited on a couple of songs as the producer. Turn it up. There's not a problem my squad can't fix. But I got to tell you, one of my favorite songs on this album is part one of Things We'd Be Doing For Money. And that Easy Mo B track is just banging so hard. <laughs> I love it. And then for some reason, there's a Puffy track on there. Because this was the year... 1997 is the year that Buster went on tour with Bad Boy. Yeah. Puffy's all over the place. I know people don't always, I know people <laughs> hate that, but he just, I mean, just is. I listen to this record now. I listen to When Disaster Strikes Now, and that song comes on. I mean, first of all, 18 tracks is too, too many tracks. It's a lot. All right. But as far as, Busta albums go, I think, in my opinion, this one is the 
probably the most consistent throughout. Mm-hmm. Maybe the most like cohesive sounding. Yeah. But the body rock comes on, and Puff Daddy starts rhyming, and ruins it. Just fucks everything up for me. Well, who wrote the rhyme? I don't know, and I don't care. Because it's. Because I'm gonna guess he didn't. Because it's Puffy's voice. I don't know, man. Like I, we've. I feel like we've had this conversation so many times about about Diddy. Yeah, we and we don't know. We don't need to rehash everything. I will say, whoever sequenced this album knew what they were doing because they put that song at number sixteen. And so you only had to get through one more song and then the outro before the whole thing's over. He was, yeah. I mean, this was, that was Diddy's time to shine. That was 97. Like, he was everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, and the truth is, like, he, I'm sure his association with Busta helped Busta's career incredibly. I mean, that was oh, the year. Yeah. I think Victory came out that year or, like, or the next yeah. Huge fucking song, huge video. That's I think that video is like one of the most expensive hip hop videos in history. It is. Um so, you know, obviously it didn't hurt that Busta's hanging out with Puff. I mean, he was making moves. And people whack or not, people were buying his shit. A lot of people had no way out. Whether they want to admit it today or not, they had it. Well, I had it, but you know, only because I wanted to hear big. I mean, I th- yeah. That's a lie. I probably would have bought it. I was going to say, like... <laughs> I probably would have bought it anyways. Uh, I think a lot of people just bought it because they bought it. They bought it for Diddy. Yeah. He was it back then. All About the Benjamins is a dope song. It is. But only because, for me, of Biggie and Lil' Kim. Because of Kim. But her and Biggie. The be- that beat is sick, though. Oh, the sample without of the a doubt. for that song is incredible. Without a doubt. And I, I love the rock version. I love the remix. I forgot about that. I remember buying the single and it was on it, was on it and I was so fucking hype. <laughs> Got that shit at Walmart. Walmart. That, but that's a, that was a busy couple of years for Buster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, for that time. The Coming comes out in 96. Disaster Strikes 97. He also was working on Rampage's album, Last Boy Scout, in 97. Mm-hmm. Flip Mode uh, collaborative album came out in 98, I think. Then he released Extension Level Event in 98. I mean, he was working a lot for that period of hip-hop. By today's standards, he was really slouching, but... <laughs> he didn't... Yeah. He didn't put out 10 albums in one year, but... But he was a busy man then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, back then, if you put out two albums in the same year, that was a lot. Oh, yeah. That was a ton. It was unheard of. Yeah. DMX, like, That's, bro- yeah. broke the mold with that. Yeah. No one was really doing that. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like Busta Rhymes really, like, changed things as far as how to release songs and keep your name out there just by doing singles and features. Yeah. That's what I mean, like saying relevant. Yeah. Like it seemed like he didn't really need to. I mean, he was dropping albums for those those three three years. Mm-hmm. Started to take breaks, longer breaks in between after extension level event. But stayed relevant by dropping this single here, that single there, guest spot here, guest spot there. 
That's what I mean. Looking at him now, like the last album was in two thousand nine, right? And he's still huge. Mm-hmm. He's still doing shit, even though he hasn't physically put out an album. It's impressive. That's a long time to not put out your own album, and still be able to get people's attention, stay in people's minds. Especially now, people have an extremely short attention span, but he's still putting in work. So. Check out the way me and my niggas always be ripping shit. The way that I display no flavor and do it so intricate. Hit the impact, pattern and pitter all over the shit. Uh 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 oh, y'all niggas be yapping till I be sick of it. Hit you with shit that y'all niggas will never ever forget. Fucking with my niggas is like you playing Russian roulette. Ooh, be get my whole platoon coming soon. Nigga, make room. We diesel like a bunch of baboons. Hey, yo, yo, thank you to manage all of my niggas. Damage, trying to alter my lavish living niggas to turn savage, y'all. Flip mode and bad boy collabo. Making sure all of you niggas all say ho. But to my people in the front, if you're ready to bump, say. To my people in the back, if you're not the whack, say. Hey, yo, yo, yo. To my people in the left, if you're hot to death, say. Come on, hey, yo. To my people on the right, wanna party tonight, say. Come on, come on. There are two Buster Rhymes uh, TV or film appearances that immediately come to mind that I love so much. Do you, do you have any? Um, no, I, I just tried to think of something that he was in. I'm like blank right now. He was in an episode of... Um, Master of None, Aziz Ansari show on Netflix. I think I watched like one episode of that show. It was so great. He, uh, it's this in this episode, Aziz, I can't remember the circumstances, but he ends up going to like, like an NBA game or something, and he's in like a luxury box suite, and there's a whole bunch of people in there, and he's like trying to schmooze and network with someone to get a part in a in a movie or a show, but he's kind of being typecast. He's like the Indian. Right. Indian dude. Right. And he's like conflicted about what to do. And he runs into Buster Rhymes playing. Buster Rhymes is playing himself at this at this uh, gathering. Mm-hmm. They have this like serious conversation about about this issue. And Buster Rhymes is like giving him advice. I don't know why I love it so much. I just do. It's so it's so like uh, the opposite of what you picture when you think about Buster Rhymes, especially during this period, like late 90s with. You know, the dreadlocks and all the energy and arms and legs flying off. The, in right. this scene, he's just so chill and, like, so articulate and down to earth and uh, and yet funny at the same time. Mm-hmm. I love it. It immediately comes to mind when I think of Buster Rhymes. Never seen it. And the other is the total opposite. After the Cosby show, I don't know if you remember this. After the Cosby show, Bill Cosby had another show. I think it was just called Cosby. Yeah. With Felicia Rashad. Yeah. All right. He Buster Rhymes was on an episode of this show. They go to some like party or like a, a wedding or something where there's dancing, and Cosby's daughter is out on the dance floor dancing with Buster Rhymes, hmm. and somebody says, "Who's who's this dude with the crazy locks dancing with your daughter? You better go break that up." Mm-hmm. Why you need to break that up? I I don't know, but yeah. apparently he needed to break it up. So Cosby goes out on the dance floor to try and break it up, and he says, "May I cut in?" And Buster Rhymes says, "Oh yeah, sure, no problem." And he grabs Cosby. And starts dancing with him. <laughs> and he's acting all wild and screaming and yelling. And Cosby's like dead weight. He's not moving. He's mm-hmm. no facial expression. It's hilarious. Love that scene. And then I think about 
Bill Cosby. Right. Things get sad from there, but you never watched Higher Learning. Yeah, that's what he's in. Yeah. I was sitting here and I was like, he's in a movie that I've seen and I can't think of what it is right now. Higher Learning. Ice Cube. Higher Learning. Yeah. yeah. And and Rappaport. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Great movie. Is the soundtrack good? I don't remember. Probably. Yeah, good movie. But that's what he's fucking in. I I was like, there is some movie that he's in. I can picture him talking. And that's it. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. I feel like most, most rappers have been in at least one movie. Most rappers? Maybe not most. Most of, the, most, most of the rappers I listen to, we'll put it that way. <laughs> I, well, that was a thing, you know, for a while. Yeah. People were trying to, like, find a way to cross over or, like, right. get into other other genres, other mediums. Yeah. No, I think sometimes that's why there's skits on albums. Because people, I, I think a lot of times rappers are interested in that world, the movie world. Yeah, a lot of times the, 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 the like, music is inf- heavily influenced by... Right by that you, you know you said that about skits and it made me re- made me think there is not a single when disaster strikes has 18 tracks not a single interlude skit sketch any of that shit it's the intro and outro yeah not really any room talking about this uh earlier off mic but i didn't know until recently that the chorus for dangerous mm-hmm. was basically a like psa from the 70s about it was like an anti-drug psa yeah this animated video with pills that can talk mm-hmm. <laughs> telling you this is serious. Yeah. You should have a healthy fear of us. We're dangerous. Yeah. And they tur- he turned it into a song. He turned it into a rap song. It's a chorus. Bravo. I love it. That shit's crazy. And then the video was Lethal Weapon. <laughs> <laughs> of course it was. Like, it's perfect. Yeah. It's great. I, I mean, I, we've already talked about it, but like, put your hands on my eyes can see that video is just incredible. Have you heard uh, Busta talk about that song? Like, Mm-mm. I heard him. I don't remember where where I, this was, but in some interview, talking about where like where that song came from, yeah, or how he like came up for his with his flow for that song. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, he had played the track for Puff and Q Tip. They're in the same space somewhere. And they told him to calm down. They told him you can't yell yeah. like that all the time. Like, yeah, girls in the club don't want to hear that, that shit. Yeah, 
told him to calm down. Yeah. So it was kind of like a joke. It was kind of like, okay. Yeah, let me give this a shot. Yeah. He jokes in the interview of like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do kind of my puff thing. Which is why in the beginning he's like talking all quiet. Like, mm-hmm. not seven. Yeah. It's because they were like, yeah, you got to like chill out a little bit. And this is smash hit. It worked. Clearly. Yeah, I, I can hear that song now. I can be out in the club, in the car, don't matter. Still, just as good. And it's a great example of how like he can like he has lyrics, he has bars. The samples on point, Seals and Croft. It's so much easier to like focus on his lyrics or his rhyming when when he's not like shouting and yelling and like putting on the show. Mm-hmm. And that song proves it. Mm-hmm. And you would think like looking if you just look at the video and you don't hear the you don't hear the music, you would think it was his vocals would be like full of energy. Yeah, because the video is so like. It's fast paced, like there's a lot of things happening. And maybe that's I mean, maybe that's another reason it works too, because he slowed down so you can focus on the all the happenings in the video. For some reason that made me think of uh, our conversation with uh, Uncommon NASA and we when we were talking about he was talking about guru and premiere and how like guru's approach like really made allowed the production to shine through. Mm-hmm. What you just said feels similar that somehow like Buster's like laid back like flow somehow let the other aspects of the art like come through yeah and that was a very visual representation of the music so it called for a little bit of quiet I always laugh when I think about Curly Castro talking about how he really felt like he would listen to Buster Rhymes and he really felt like the world was gonna end there's only five years left and he, was, he himself found himself like counting down like, oh, shit, something's going to happen. I don't even remember him saying that. You don't remember Castro saying that? <laughs> I don't know why it stuck with me. I remember him saying that. I thought it was really funny. I can, I can see it. But he really like pushed this like end of the world apocalypse stuff mm-hmm. for like four albums. That was the theme. I feel like you could probably do that. It'd be maybe a little bit more relevant now. <laughs> It, well, what's funny about it is like it didn't really reveal itself in in the content. Mm-hmm. You know, like you didn't really hear much from him about the world ending mm-hmm. in the songs that are on these records. But something, <laughs> something's coming. Something's happening. Come on. All right. I got this side right here. Check this side right there. Can't do this. Bust what? Come on, bust All right, come on. Here we go. Stay sweet. Pulse to the mall with the dirty dog. Raw rap chop. You ain't with a bike, crotch till it break the jaw. Been trying to knock us, trying to kill us, stop us. Jack a prop us, bust a bust, they faking. The cake is for the taking while they running they face. I'm letting the plan bake, formulate. Now look at the plot, we got more and more shit that's hot. Show the rock, spot clock or not. Nigga, the whole pot, ready or not, we coming. Snatching every coming with your hoe in the bin, so dumb like a motherfucker. You could be my lady, you could even be my lollipop sucker. The road dog, baby, coming like the Mad truck, a lot of jealous niggas looking funnier than Chris Tucker. God bless, so oh yes, I stay fresh for the finesse. My congress show progress. Stylist, hit you with the shit to digest. In this rhyme shit, we be some of the world's finest. Your highness, leaving corny niggas spineless. Attack it with the classic rhyme flow timeless. You know, I think I might need to take back what I said about football squad. I like Jamal. I mean, obviously, like when you think of them, 
and the first person that comes to mind is obviously gonna be Busta. But I thought they were a solid group. I thought they worked well together. I think of Busta and Rampage and Rod Digga. I kind of forgot about Jamal. I always think of Rod Digga. She, I don't even she know. She should get a little bit more shine. Uh, I agree. She she's a great, great MC. I just remember her being on Hip Hop Evolution and talk about being on stage rhyming when she was pregnant. Mm. And I'm like, I gotta give it up. A lot of yeah, a lot of respect for that. I can't imagine sitting on the couch pregnant, so being on stage spitting spitting verses like shit. Yeah, that's that's uh, no small feat. Yeah. And I can hear her verse on one of the Touch It remixes. I can hear it. And she goes the fuck in. It's so good. I, I got to listen to all of them. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to check them back out. Back to back to back to back. Do we have Buster Rhymes to thank for Rock Marciano? Yeah. I mean, can we give him that credit? Yeah. Is that, does that feel appropriate? Rock Marciano definitely does. He talks about him a lot. And he's somebody that I've heard talk a good deal about um, Busta's worth ethic, about he is how he was always working. Yeah, that's that's one of the first people I heard talk about it. That's huge. I mean, Rock Marcy has you know obviously had his own sort of impactful legacy. Yeah, that was really poorly articulated, but I think you understood what I meant. I, I understand what you mean. I so, mean, you know, that yeah. might mean if without Buster, there's no Rock Marcy. And without Rock Marcy, there's no half the people that I listen to today. Right. Half the people that are out, yeah. I mean, yeah, Rock is pretty much at this point a legend in his own right. I mean, he's been known for us for a long time. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the pro- I would say the most influential rapper, at least rappers that I care about in the last 10 years. A thousand percent. So, thank you, Buster Rhymes. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for listening to our guest list. <laughs> guest list without, in the absence of a guest. How's mm-hmm. that? Yeah, sounds right, right. We had to take it back. Yeah. Just E and I in an apartment talking about rap music. Kicking it old school. We hope to be back with a guest very soon. We have plans. We have things in the works. Yes. So there will be more guests on the next movement. But thanks for listening to just Rob and I tonight. You know, again, I have to say, I don't like how we're talking about it. Like, you and I are not like, enough. Like, we're not shit. No, we are. We are shit. We what? are the shit. We are the, we are the next movement. <laughs> when we started this, we hadn't even talked about having guests on. We were just like, let's you and I yeah. talk about rap music Very and true. record it and see what happens. And so that's what we're doing tonight talking about Buster Rhymes when disaster strikes dope album classic material thank you for listening thank you you can find us on Instagram the next movement pod you can find us on Twitter next movement pod you can just google us just say the next movement podcast to your smart thing and it'll probably find us yeah and we will be greatly appreciative we like listens makes us feel warm and fuzzy i'm e i'm rob and this has been the next movement thanks for listening peace peace
it out. Flip mode squad, 98, raw deluxe. Check it out, yo. I'll be the street kid, the brother your mama frequent. Put y'all people on if y'all know how to keep a secret. When I get money, you know I like to keep it. How I get money, others are trying to be big. Flip mode, be winners you want to form a team with. The big money figures, the ones that plot the scheme with. The brothers that be used to getting money frequent. The ones I would always measure my triple beans with. Until they start taking my people to the precinct. That's so back in the day, yo, that ain't nothing recent. Cause nowadays we be women we like to speak with. Eat with, lay them down to sleep with. Type of woman make a brother want to keep it. Shorty be so exotic, she looking decent. Lot of corny others be offering whack free. I can't hold a heat no more, yo, I gotta release it. What y'all wanna do? Don't you know we always coming through? Me and my crew, let me hear you say fight up!